Well, good morning, everybody. Good morning. good morning. Great to see you this morning. Let's go ahead and let's pray together. Father, thank you so, so much for this glorious day. Wow. God, uh, we've been given a whole new, brand new day, and it's all because of you. Father, you created the heavens and the earth, and we get to come and worship you this morning. Father, lead us this morning, Father. Guide us. Help us to come closer to your heart. Father, closer to a deep, deep uh, sense of of uh, your love for us and your provision for us and your guidance of us and your faithfulness. Father, I pray just through the fellowship and through the singing and through the time of the scriptures and, Father, the times of prayer, the times of reflection, God, and the time of communion. Father, as we think about Jesus and what he did for us, God, that we'll really be drawn close to your heart and your spirit. Father, lead us and guide us through your word by your spirit this morning. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Let's turn over to Psalm 23. Psalm 23. So uh, I think, uh, I just want to say a, a welcome to everyone that's here physically, and also welcome to everyone who's here digitally this morning. I think actually the Leaps might be, uh, they might be uh, joining us this morning from, from Orlando. I think they got up this morning about 3, 2.30. And so we think they're down there in, in Orlando for the Vision Conference already. And it flew out super early this morning, and so, what's up, Leaves? Good to see you. Everybody says hi. And I don't know how your week went, but for me, this was a, kind of a, a cool week just because of a lot of things, but one thing in particular was I got a little chance to do one of the things on my bucket list for the summer. I don't know if I have a bucket list for the summer, but soon I always try to make up, you know, a little list of stuff that we'd really love to do. We don't want the summer to go by without doing something, you know, doing the things on our bucket list. And this past, uh, this past week, I got a, a text, like a few of us did, from Larry saying, hey, I can get tickets for the, uh, for the Lake Monster game. Let's go. Who wants to go? <laughs> and sure enough, on Wednesday night, I went down to the Lake Monster game. And I've gone by there so many times, either, you know, walking up to UVM or on a prayer walk mm-hmm. or something like that. And I've always wanted to go. It was such a great time. We're sitting out there, sort of like in the field of dreams. <laughs> and I heard that, that, you know, that stadium is like the oldest professional baseball stadium Maybe in New England or even in the country. I'm not quite sure how that all fits in, but it's super. It is one of the older ones, so it's just kind of fun being there, watching the baseball game, kind of you know hearing sort of the, the voices like in, in uh, Field of Dreams, just enjoying a summer night. That was that was a bucket list uh, checkoff for me, Larry. So thanks awesome. for inviting me. Yeah, that's great. That was really great. So you know, this summer we've been studying Psalm 23, yeah. and. Uh, Wow, it's it's been it's been I don't know for you, but it's been for me just a feast. It's yeah. been a, a real time of, of reflection, and I've needed Psalm 23. Just like it feels like sort of every minute of every hour through the summer. There's just something about reading it. This 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 famous psalm that just kind of brings me back to the good stuff. It brings me back to be rooted in the things that I need to be rooted in. Because it's so easy to be out there just in, a, in an hour's time or a day's time, certainly just sort of chasing after all the stuff that doesn't matter yeah. and letting it affect me too much. Mm-hmm. And sure enough, coming back to Psalm 23 has just been, has been a godsend. It's been, a, it's been such a help. It's been so great this summer just hearing all the insights from, from all of us. You know, we've gotten different chances to speak and to share uh, about Psalm 23 and our different insights into it. Every single verse is so packed with so yeah. much meaning. And so much uh, just kind of nutrients for the soul that it's really, really special to, uh, to go through it. Uh, it's also been, I think, impacting just to read it. 
You know, Nick did a sermon down in, uh, in North River in Atlanta uh, a few weeks ago, and he was just talking about sort of this, you know, a, this passage in Timothy that talks about don't, you know, don't neglect the public reading of Scripture. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting because, in, you know, in the New Testament times, in the Old Testament times, there weren't, you know, all these kind of cool little Bibles that you carry around with you all the time. And so there were, there were these times that they would just read the Scriptures. They would just read the Holy Scriptures, and they would open it up, and they would hear from God. And certainly for us, because we have the, you know, these Bibles in our hands, it's easy for us to sometimes to take it for granted. Yeah. I mean, there's been bloodshed for these words. Right. There's yeah. been incredible lives that have been lived to get us these words. There's been the Spirit working through ordinary people like us, going through great hardship uh, to, to get us these words. And the value in... in, um, in uh, for, for, for thousands of years, well, there was so much value in just reading the scriptures. Yeah. Because other than that, because a lot of people couldn't read, and a lot of people, didn't, again, didn't have access to the scriptures, there was great power, and there was great encouragement, and there was great connection and inspiration that came just by reading it. And I don't know about you, but, I, but each time we've read this, Psalm 23, I felt stronger. Mm-hmm. I felt more deeply rooted felt a little bit more secure in, in who my God is and, and being close to the Good Shepherd. So let's listen to this as we read it again, and we're just going to talk about a particular verse of this uh, this morning. The Psalm 23 reads like this. It says, The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not be in want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He restores my soul. He guides me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. And even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness And love will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. So, yeah, I just feel like thank you for everyone that has been speaking through this time. It is so special, kind of like Deuteronomy 6 says, when you get to hear from everybody else and their heart towards their take on Psalm 23, it's been so enriching to hear from everybody here that's gotten a chance to share. You know, um, yesterday I, I coached for 12 hours. It was a really long day. And not as easy as coaching 40 years ago, but um, it was great. And um, one of the things um, I've learned through years of coaching, um, we had this swim meet uh, down in Virgins, and and I, I've learned so much from different people that have coached me through the years. Like, that's been the fun about having transitioned to different um, clubs and different um, competitive programs I've coached for. But um, one, of the, one of the places that I coached previously in, in uh, Hanover, Mass., was um, we had this thing that you'd ask each swimmer. Because yesterday was, there's a lot of, I think I did about 10, 11,000 steps just getting the kids <laughs> back and forth because our tents were, like, really far away from where the pool was. And so... We, I was trying to train the coaches up to ask the question for the kids, you know, okay, what's, we call this thing, what's your sandwich? So what's something that you did really well 
Then the second question is sandwich meaning. Okay, so the second one is what's something you can really work on? And because kids get down on themselves fast to go, the next part of the sandwich is what's something else you did really well? And I think it's like, it's that spirit of being able to kind of put that sandwich together on kind of taking that moment on how can I go face my next race? And so it, it was always kind of our spirit that I, I go back to the most when I, when I coach the kids, whether they're, you know, 18, the nationals I coach in the afternoon, or whether they're six, who are just like looking at you with two little goggles with, you know. <laughs> Why did I start with freestyle? I was doing butterfly. I want to do it again. I got disqualified. I'm like, oh. I'm like listen, dairy, DQ means dairy queen. You learn something. Don't even worry about it. So, but, you know, I feel like that's a lot of how God's been coaching me through Psalm 23. And so much of that to me has kind of, kind of sped out from uh, my takeaways from the whole psalm, especially with Steve and I kind of doing the other part of the sandwich here with uh, Shirley, and I'll get to that in a minute. But my sandwich is kind of like, on the first part, God's coaching me on the first one is, the Lord is my shepherd. Mm -hmm. You know, that first part of my sandwich is like, he's my shepherd. It is personal. Mm -hmm. And I've learned that the most this summer. It's like, it's not the church's God. It's not my parents' God. It's not so-and-so's God. It's my God. He is my shepherd. When Nick was little, he used to always, um, he and I used to fight over Steve some time ago, no, he's my honey. I'm like, no. And Nick would be like, no, he's my honey when he was little. And uh, that possessiveness about my relationship with someone that I love. And I think that's a lot of what God is trying to stir in me a lot. Is like, no, it's personal. He's, he's my God. Like, who is Sue's God? And then one of the things that to me is really simple, and I talked to Mackenzie about this because she has a pretty intense job right now and has changed jobs. But sometimes you can't get necessarily hours and hours in the scriptures because you have a pretty intense full-time job. Mm-hmm. And um, so Mackenzie and I were talking about the Lord is my shepherd. If we just all memorize that, think about the difference it can make in our day. So the Lord, ring finger like he's in charge, Lord is my He's mine, nobody else's, and shepherd, like, I get to hang with him. You know, and, like, if I just hold on to that, that every day if I start my day going, no, the Lord is my shepherd. And just that, what it just does even to my own, like, psyche about facing different days and different challenges, it's really helped me. But, so, like David, who loved to journal, and we get to enjoy his journals, I'm mostly just going to read some of my journal entries because they kind of are what I've learned from my sandwich my coaching sandwich. So, like Crystal, I wrote my own Psalm 23 about the Lord being my shepherd. And I think it'd be a great exercise for all of us. I don't know if you saw Crystal's, but I have to do this a lot is go back to keep making sure it's personal. Just like writing love letters to Steve, like they are, it's something that I still want to keep doing because it's my relationship and it's something that we get to work on together. So, are you ready? This is my version. Okay. The Lord is my shepherd and my bestie. My bodyguard, I didn't even have to pay to protect me from the bullies of fear, doubt, failure, disappointment, and negativity. I lack nothing. I always have more than enough. I live in a place of abundance, not scarcity with God. I am so loved because he first loved me that I can set my heart at rest in his presence. Because we, as friends, don't keep score. We pick up right where we left off. In total, unconditional trust and love. I will find rest and peace in hanging with him, like that favorite oasis vacation spot on the dock at Lake Winnipesaukee. That's what being with him is like. Away from the noise, quiet waters, 
of lapping waves and maybe a fishing rod too. <laughs> Sometimes getting to that climb of the mountain of life feels like I'm going in circles, but you are my personal Sherpa and I know how to get, and you know how to get me climbing to the mountain to get me on the top where the picture, big picture view is worth the trek. Even though life is full of uncertainties, like aging parents, Steve's awful battle with brain cancer, me being a wounded idealist, many not wanting your shepherding and unknown tomorrows, you are with me. My handwriting is really bad, so anybody knows me. You can never read my journals if anything ever happened to me because they're too hard to read, my handwriting. But anyway, um, you, and you know, you will, and I know you will always be with me. Your love and faithfulness will never let go. You say over and over again through your son, I got you, Sue. We're in this together. You don't lose sleep over the chaos in this world. You're not surprised. Just a calm, steady shepherd with my compass on Jesus, your rod and staff will keep me in line. When I get out of control in my thoughts and emotions and lose my sanity in my way, Jesus, you are the good shepherd, the way, the truth, the life. You came to give me life to the full and want to guide me on this journey and this mountain experience of life, to see the path, the road signs that lead to life and choose them. And I wrote in quotes, walk this way. I don't know if you guys remember that song. <laughs> but uh, just that old rock and roller. And uh, in loud rock and roll ways, fear will never conquer me because you already made me more than a conqueror. I'll never be lonely for you are near and change my lonely into lovely. You are my hero that inspires me to be the heroine of my own story. I open my mouth and heart and mind and you will fill with good things. Overflowing with gratitude is my constant safeguard and choice. Because I get to go to the source of hope, the fountain of faith, the wellness of wonder, and the cup of comfort. So why should I fear the future? Worry about what's to come when you are the home on earth and in heaven? For your goodness and love pursue me all the days of my life. I will surely live in the land of I get to's. I get to be your sheep. I get to be your daughter. I get to put my heart at rest in your presence. I get to live in the present because you are the Lord. You are my father. You are my shepherd. Ah. And after my Baha like a sheep, I went Baha because I can laugh at the days to come. So it was two different Baha's. But, you know, I think, it, like, I have to constantly go back. You know, as a young Christian, you know, when I was in college, at Boston College, in the middle of, like, you know, being by myself, I wrote so many letters to God. One time I lit my hair on fire because I was writing to God, and I kind of, like, fell asleep, and, like, my hair was, like, on fire. Anyways, I, I just told people when I went to this college devotional later that, you know, I was just fired up for God. Anyway, but, I mean... I don't want to go back to that 40 years later of just enjoying my walk with God. And I feel like that's what David's helped me see. Because he wrote this too, remembering in his own meditation on his faith of being a shepherd himself and realizing, if that's the kind of shepherd I was to sheep, what kind of shepherd is God to me? You know, the second part of my sandwich is the, what do you need to work on? You know, so the second part of mine is the, even though God is with me. You know, and I think that that's what's hit me a lot this summer in particular, but even though all this stuff is going on, it's holding on to the fact that God is still with me. He's still with me with all this stuff, with the stuff I wrote already <clears throat> in my uh, song about what's going on in my life. And it was helpful for me to go, I get to choose. You know, that to me, that middle of that sandwich part is, I get to choose how I'll see things. And, you know, I was thinking about, you know, I get to choose trusting God's faithfulness versus my feelings. 
I don't know if anybody's very feely oriented, but that's definitely me. I get to trust his faithfulness um, versus circumstances. And the circumstances are going on around, but even those. You know, um, Mackenzie and I were talking about Psalm 5, where it talks about my God and my King. And morning by morning, I wake up just asking you for stuff, and I'm waiting in expectation for you to do something. And one of the things she's been praying a lot about that has helped me is getting back to how I saw God today, like how I saw God show up, you know, whether it's a patient she's with, whether it's on her drive, whether it's through the kindness of a stranger, whether it's, you know, through the support of her family, like whatever, like whether it's getting up early and going to work, like so many things that to me are kind of that space right now that David seemed like he was looking at so often is, how did I see God today? How did he show up? Um, I did want to, a couple other ways to me in this part that I get to choose is like I could choose my stinking thinking. And of course, we know some of um, Philippians 4, just how powerful it is to like I get to choose to have thoughts and fill up with the good stuff. And that's just such an honor. Um, I think about Jesus being the great escape artist. Like it says that he will, if we're tempted, he always has a way out for us. And just holding on to, I get to make a choice to go the escape route from Jesus or my own escapisms, and that's a privilege that I get to choose that. And um, so anyway, that hit me a lot, just going through that. And then um, I think that's the thing, the power of choice has hit me the most. I get to choose my thoughts. I get to choose how I'm going to – I get to choose my response, Mm -hmm. which is huge. Um, And that's been helping me a lot, just even facing some of the the things I've been facing. So that's my middle part is that – I realize I get to choose. And then the third part, my third part of my sandwich, is this passage that is our focus today. And um, I'm going to read um, from my translation, this Psalm 23 verse. And it just says, you can tell I'm getting old and also can't see anymore. So why would I fear the future for your goodness and love pursue me all the days of my life? They don't just follow me. Like, they're pursuing me. And it's funny. I was talking to my big brother. We went to a concert with my brother Steve uh, a couple weeks ago, and I was in the back seat. And uh, we went to – we're on the way to this concert. I'm like, I never get to go to concerts with you in the past because I was, like, the little brat that I'm uh, five years younger than him. And I never got to go, like, to concerts and cool stuff. And my sister-in-law in the front seat was like, oh, get over that. We're not talking about that now. Forget the past. Like, something funny about, like, me acting like a little sister – but I do remember following my brothers over the summer when we'd be walking to this uh, club that we used to get to go swimming at, and it'd be like, they'd be like, stop following me, you know? <laughs> and, uh, and just thinking about, like, you know, how we have this honor that Jesus, our big brother, is always like, come on, follow me. Not like, follow me, but like, come on, you know? But just, uh, how can we, like, not be, like, so psyched that we don't have to turn around and go, God, stop following me with goodness and, like, love. One of the things I wrote in my journal studying this out last week was um, the word surely. And it was just like this take. I love this. It says, I I found this when I was reading. This verse is like a box of jewelry. Each word sparkles and begs to be examined in the face of doubt. Anybody face any doubts recently? It says, think about these words in this little treasure box, right? Goodness, love, mercy, all the days dwell in the house forever. And there's a line in this book I was reading. It said, 
these words sweep in to our insecurities like a SWAT team on a terrorist. You know? I just think like we have this honor to like it's swept up into these incredible words. First of all, surely, not maybe, not possibly, not I have a hunch. You know, and that's the second part of my sandwich, like, no, surety, my faith is sure. You know, 2 Timothy 2, 3, 13 says, he is a sure God. He is faithful even when we aren't. And just that honor that we literally get to be around a sure, faithful God. Um, and then uh, I just wanted to share the two things that are really incredible about the shepherd is you have the shepherd leading in the front, right? And then you got the two sheepdogs leading in the back. And they say that the two sheepdogs of um, this passage are goodness and mercy. And they're kind of barking from behind, not, you're nothing, you're nobody, get going, get moving, you're an idiot. You know, that's not what these two things are yipping about to keep the, the stray sheep in line. They're, they're, those are the sureness and mercy and goodness that are following us, pursuing us to stay connected to the shepherd. And I kind of love that analogy that, we have sheepdogs of goodness and mercy kind of following us around, going, come on, come on, get back in there. And not in a way that's condemning or yeah. or anything like, or judgmental. It's here to, like, remind you that you're loved and you're protected and you're pursued. Like, those sheepdogs really pursue. <laughs> and I think that's how God is for us. You know, Oprah has this magazine, you know, in the past I used to read it. And at the end it always says, what I know for sure. And I think that's the question we always got to go back to with God when the even though stuff hits is like, I know for sure that God has my back. Jesus has totally proven that to me over and over and again. I never want to lose touch with the one who says, let me show you how trustworthy I am, that I will give it all and give this to you. And um, Steve's going to share a little bit more of that for communion, but I did want to close with this. I was going to play it, but you can listen to it on your own. One of the songs that's really helped me recently is Toby Mac's song called Your Goodness. And um, if I tried to sing it, you know, that would be probably a bad day for me. But um, some of the lines in it, like its favorite chorus of it is, um, it's all on me to stay and really catch what you are showing. It's my roots that you're growing because life is more than this moment. You are the light, so when the darkness falls, the greatest heights, they never seem too tall. No, not at all. You're right. It's my roots that you're growing. Don't want to miss what you're showing. Ain't no doubt about it. Everywhere I go, you keep showing up, Lord. You make me want to shout it out. You're the goodness in my life. And I'm telling you my truth. They may come and they may go. You keep showing up. Sure do. Ain't no doubt about it. You are. You are still the goodness in my life. So that's what hit me a lot. And I hope you feel encouraged. You know, when I was growing up, thanks, Suze, that was great. It's been so fun just to talk about, uh, you know, Psalm 23. A number of you have mentioned that, you know, as we get a chance to speak with our spouse, it's really cool just because it just brings some great conversation into the week in terms of what we're going to talk about, insights, and those kind of things. When I was growing up, we had this uh, a, a dog that I got for my birthday, and her name was Lanza, and she was half black lab, and she was half great English sheepdog. And so she was a, she was a sheepdog, and we, we lived on a small farm, we had, uh, we had chickens, we had a huge garden, and we had dogs and cats. We lived among sheep and goats and cows and fields on different sides of where we were. 
And, uh, and so it was a really great place to grow up. But uh, one day I was in feeding the chickens. And uh, sure enough, I was in uh, feeding in, the, in this, uh, this, this chicken coop we had. I was in feeding the chickens, and the rooster got in to the, to the chicken house. I didn't close the door uh, in time. And so the, 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 the roosters are, are, can be super aggressive. And they have these talons, you know, on the inside of their, the inside of their feet that, uh, that they'll come and attack you with. And so I'm in this, in this uh, chicken house, and this, this rooster is attacking me, literally flying out. You can hear the, the, the rooster, like, breathing heavily, <laughs> kind of coming at me like it was like, like demon-possessed. It's coming out, flying at my face to try to take me out. So what did I do? I called Lonza. I said, hey, Lonza, come on. And so Lonza, you can hear Lonza, my dog, coming up. She was this big, furry, black and white dog. She was always happy. And so she was. She came to the door. I could hear her by the door. And so I kind of moved over to the door. I let, I let my dog in, my great English sheep dog. And she came in, happy as a lark. And I, and I rushed out. And I could hear all this commotion. It was like a cartoon. There was all this commotion going on in the, in the, uh, the, the, the hen house. And, uh, and then I saw the, uh, the, the, the rooster at a certain point just fly out of this little, you know, little hole inside that was their entranceway. And then I opened the door, and sure enough, Lonza came, bouncing out. She'd done her job. She was so protective, you know, of, of me. And, uh, you know, I'd gotten her as a little pup on, on her birthday. And it makes me think of this passage because goodness and love are there when we call them. Yeah. And God is there when we call them. When we're, when we're in the hen house and being attacked by whatever it is that's attacking us, yeah. and we're in that moment, all we need to do is call out to God. Call out to the goodness and the mercy and the love that want to follow us. Right. They want to come and help us. They want to come and protect us. Come and attack those demons mm-hmm. that are trying to get us. And I love that because these 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 sheepdogs of the pack aren't just you know aren't just kind of laying back. Uh, they're they're happy yeah. and they're happy to do it, That's and right. they're they're protective and they're they're ready at a moment's notice, and it's really good. I think I think for us sometimes though it's hard for us to get to that point where we just start calling out. I don't know why that is. I see that in myself. Like I'm so prideful. And so arrogant half the time, and so self-reliant, that it sometimes has to take like a desperate situation for me just to call out for some help. I don't know why I'm that way, but I am. Look over in Matthew chapter 27. We're going to close out here. Matthew. Looking at the Good Shepherd. You know, sometimes it's hard for us to know who God is. Because he seems like he's just a big entity in in the sky. You know, and some people call, talk to you know, who is your who is your great power? And sometimes it feels like God is is far off. You don't quite know how to how to to know him and who he is and what he's like. And that's why Jesus came. That's why even Psalm twenty three is lived out among us as Jesus, who's also the good shepherd. And we see him in him such a normalness. He was such a healthy Person, he was such a healthy friend. He was such a regular guy, but he had so much inner power and inner inner strength and inner love for people. He had so much compassion, and it's so helpful for us to just look at Jesus and say, "Okay, who's God?" Well, let me look at Jesus to understand who God is, because we understand Him more easily because He's flesh and blood, because He lived among us. He faced right. the same things that we face, 
And so it's so important as we're trying to understand God, cling to God, uh, um, follow God, walk with God, is that we look to Jesus right. for, for, those, for those relatable insights as to who God is in relation to us. Right. In relation to us specifically, because we can see that in Jesus' conversations with people. We can see that in Jesus' interactions with rich and poor and young and old and, and all different uh, you know, ethnic backgrounds. And we can see God in that. So that's God, the good shepherd that David is talking about in Psalm 23, coming and living among us. But, you know, Jesus struggled. And oftentimes we don't like to see that or think about that because, because Jesus seems like, you know, in so many of the stained glass windows that we've looked at, that he seems like he didn't struggle or he was sort of above it or he is God in the flesh. So how did he struggle? Well, he did. Mm-hmm. You know, I think he struggled with the big question that we struggle with. Here's one of the things that I think that humans struggle with a lot is the question of who can I trust? Mm-hmm. Who can I trust? And so we go through life asking that question as we meet people, as we get involved in relationships, as we get to as we're starting to get to know God. Can I really trust God? Mm-hmm. And Jesus is struggling with that himself. Even though he's known God for eternity, even though he sees things from the beginning to the end, as he's going through experiences, he's asking for some, 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 re, some, some affirmation, for some reinforcement. I know this is true, but ah, can, you, can you help me in the moment? Don't we feel that way a lot? Like we know things intellectually, but then we go through an experience that makes us question everything. And it's interesting because it, it makes us question primarily, I think, that question of who can I trust? You know, it's interesting because it's, it's, scholars think that David wrote Psalm 23, not when he was a shepherd, but later on in his life after he was a king, as he was reflecting on who his God really is. Wow. And he was learning about the shepherd from his shepherding experience to understand who God was because, because we all face things throughout our lives. We all go through things throughout our lives. And we've all got to have that, that, that re-understanding, that re-learning that the Lord is my shepherd. He shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He restores my soul. You know, so often I feel weak and I feel vulnerable and I feel insecure. And I'm like, Steve, grow up. <laughs> That's how I feel. Like, Steve, really? At this point in your life, you feel, you feel that way? And sometimes I can feel ashamed of feeling that way. And, and I don't like feeling that way. And it makes me feel kind of embarrassed about, oh, I should be further along than this. And I think what, it, what those kind of feelings, those weak and vulnerable feelings, are meant to do is to continually lead me back, nudge me back to God. Because it's like Paul talks about in 2 Corinthians 1. He says, these things happen so I might not rely on myself, but on God who raises the dead. I don't know about you, but it takes me about three seconds to start relying on myself again. I get impressed with myself. I'm going along, I have a pretty good moment or a pretty good hour or a pretty good day. And I'm like, hey, you're pretty strong. You're pretty cool. You're pretty smart. And I start relying on myself all over again. And then I've got to go through those experiences to realize that, yeah, I can rely on myself for my, my, some things, and I need to take responsibility. I need to step up and, and stand on my own two feet. But for the big stuff, 
got to rely on God. Mm-hmm. You know, as I'm facing illness, as I'm facing death, as I'm facing my own weaknesses, my own temptations, my own challenges, and I need God. I can't get through those things on my own. I need God. I need good friends. I need people I can trust. Mm-hmm. And I think so much of Jesus' life was about saying this to us. You can trust God. He is the good shepherd. You can trust God. He is the good shepherd. You can trust God. You can rely on him with your whole life. He's faithful. He's trustworthy. He's true. <clears throat> but all of us have to struggle. Okay, so this, is the, this, is the, this is the rub right here. It's not just an intellectual understanding. We have to struggle to strengthen those muscles. So look at Jesus. Let's go over to Matthew chapter 27. Look at Jesus. How did he become the good shepherd? Well, he, he, he entrusted himself to his good shepherd. And he learned so much through it. Okay, so, so Matthew chapter 27, verse, verse 33. It says, they came to a place called Golgotha, which means the place of the skull. There they offered Jesus wine to drink mixed with gall, but after tasting it, he refused to drink it. And when they had crucified him, he divided up his clothes by casting lots. What a, what a base, disgusting scenario. Here this humans on a cross, and they're giving him, they're just treating him so so badly. They're gambling for his clothes. What, it says, in sitting down, in verse 36, they, they kept watch over him there. Above his head, they placed the written charge against him. This is Jesus, the king of the Jews. Two robbers were crucified with him, one on his right, one on his left. And those who passed by hurled insults at him, shaking their heads. Wow. What a loser. Yeah. What a waste. What a criminal. Man. And saying, who are... You who are going to destroy the temple and build it in three days, save yourself. Come down from the cross if you're the Son of God. In the same way the chief priests and teachers of the law and the elders mocked him, he saved others. They said he can't save himself. So weak. I mean, it's hard to put into words. Just this, 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 the, 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 just how wrong this, this mockery is. But he can't save himself. He's the king of Israel. Let him come down now from the cross, and we will believe in him. Mm. That's a lie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Verse 43. Now look at this. This is interesting that this is what they accused him with. Mm. He trusts in God. Whoa. That was like the worst thing they could say about him right now. <laughs> Jesus trusts in God. Now look at this. It sounds like Satan when Jesus was fasting. Let God rescue him now if he wants him. Mm-hmm. Think about that. Jesus is on the cross, being treated this way by the world around him. And they're saying, God doesn't even want you. Mm-hmm. You're trash. You're nothing. Look at you. Look at the result of these last three years. Look at you on the cross. God doesn't even want you. We'll see if God wants you. And isn't that what Satan was telling him? If you're the son of God, if God values you, if God is your good shepherd, if love and faithfulness will never leave you, if goodness and love will follow you, I don't think so. Look at you right here. 
And isn't that the challenge we face? We feel so vulnerable when we trust God. We can't see Him. We don't quite know for sure if He's going to come through. And Jesus is struggling. He trusts in God, but God rescue Him now if He wants Him. For He said, I'm the Son of God. And in the same way the robbers who were crucified with Him also heaped insults at Him. From the sixth hour until the ninth hour, darkness came over the land. About the ninth hour, Jesus cried out in a loud voice, Eloi, Eloi, lama sabachthani, which means, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? It's the beginning of Psalm 22. When you go through Psalm 22, Jesus is struggling. Just like we do. Where's God? Is he going to show up? Can I make it? Is any of this even true? Or has this all been a waste? And Jesus is even crying out, my God, my God, where have you gone? He wasn't feeling like that. He was sticking to the plan. He was hanging in there. He was going to get through with it. But he wasn't feeling like that. And some of those standing there heard this. They said, he's calling Elijah. And one of them ran and got a sponge. He filled it with wine vinegar, put it on a stick, and offered it to Jesus to drink. The rest said, now leave him alone. Let's see if Elijah comes to save him. And when Jesus had cried out again in a loud voice, he gave up his spirit. Where's the good shepherd now? Where's, where's goodness and love now? And Jesus goes a day and a half with silence, with nothing. The devil had won. The critics had won. And it was over. The disciples had fled. The good shepherd had been beaten. So what do we do now? But then Matthew 28 comes. And we hear goodness and love coming to the door. Here come the music. Here comes, here comes the sheepdogs <laughs> and the good shepherd. The verse 1 says, After the Sabbath at dawn, on the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene and, her other, and the other Mary <clears throat> went, went to look at the tomb. There was a violent earthquake, for an angel of the Lord came down from heaven and going to the tomb, rolled back the stone, and sat on it. There's goodness. There's the sheep dog. There's one of the sheep dogs showing up. His appearance was like lightning, and his clothes were white as snow. And the guards were so afraid of him that they shook and became like dead men. The angel said to the women, Do not be afraid, for I know that you are looking for Jesus who was crucified. He's not here. He's risen. Just as he said. Come and see the place where he lay. Then go quickly and tell his disciples, He has risen from the dead. And is going ahead of you into Galilee. There you will see him. Now I have told you. So the women hurried away from the tomb, afraid yet filled with joy. Granted, tell his disciples, suddenly Jesus met them. Greetings, he said. They came to him, clasped his feet, and worshipped him. And then Jesus said to them, Do not be afraid. Go and tell my brothers to go to Galilee. There they will see me. Jesus came back. And he wasn't full of vengeance. He wasn't full of fear. He wasn't full of hatred. He was full of goodness. He was full of mercy. He was full of love. That's the way he'd been treated. And so now he was treating others that way. And he was giving that as a gift to the world. That even thousands of years later, we can look to that and be inspired. And feel connected. And feel loved. You know, here's the thing. The good shepherd came through. Yeah. Just like you said. Jesus suffered. Jesus struggled. Jesus went through pain. 
But God was Jesus' good shepherd. God was Jesus' surely. Surely goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life. I want us to reflect this morning in our communion with how have we seen God come through? Because sometimes it's hard, I think, in the, in the rush and hurry of life for us to, to go through a day full of miracles and never really even acknowledge miracles. Or oftentimes we take credit for the miracles or whatever it might be. And I think it's good for us to go back and see how the Good Shepherd has been working in our life. Even in the midst of struggle. Even in the midst of challenge. Even in the midst of difficulty. And I think it's good for us to go back and acknowledge him in that. Because it helps us to see him better in, in, you know, moving forward. It helps us to, for us to search for that light in the darkness a little bit better you know, as we go through it in, diff, in different times in our life. Jesus struggled, but God came through. You know, no temptation has seized you except what's common to man. And God is faithful. For when you're tempted, you'll not be tempted beyond what you can bear, but God will always provide a way out so you can stand up under it. So that you can be victorious. And so that you can rise. Because you're loved, and because the Good Shepherd is training you and loving you and guiding you, and he is there. Let's pray and let's enjoy this, this communion, this time with our Good Shepherd as we think about the bread that represents his body that he gave for us, the, the juice that represents the blood. And let's be thankful. Let's let him guide us to the good stuff, to faith and hope and love so that we can live our lives triumphantly and victoriously. Let's pray. Father, thanks for being our Good Shepherd. Wow. Thanks for Jesus. Thank you for just going through everything we went through so we could see your humanity. We could see your faith at work. We could see your struggle and be strengthened by it. Thank you so much for struggling for us and with us. Father, thank you so much for, for just uh, guiding us. Thank you so much for the sheepdogs of love and goodness and mercy following us all the days of our lives. We thank you for this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.